his views on slavery. Um, you 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 obviously uh, discuss and you write about his passionate defense or uh, passionate the legal case where he uh, talked about very passionate terms the evil of slavery and then of course becomes a slave plantation owner and rises in the in the Confederacy. Um, and, and you you point out that there's really no contradiction. Did he really have a strong personal view regarding slavery? Was it was it just a su- entrenched Southern view, or was it more nuanced than that? You know, the problem with Judah Benjamin is he's too smart to to get away for for let's say his apologists to say, well, you know, that's what everybody thought then, which of course they did. The problem is Judah Benjamin and I say this in the book, is in a way condemned by his knowledge. And so you point out that in this court case called the McCargo case in 1832, uh, uh, pardon me, 1842, when he was 31, he was asked to, without going into the details, he basically had to take an anti-slavery argument. Now, any Southern lawyer who wanted to make money and was retained by an insurance company, they would defend that company. And if that meant saying something about slavery they personally didn't believe. Well, lawyers say things they personally don't believe all the time. But he didn't leave it there. That's what's so fascinating. Is he, made, he made the argument, which is essentially that uh, slavery is, is a local institution. And slavery doesn't exist anywhere except by affirmative uh, legislation. This was a, a something called the Somerset ruling that had been made in England in 1772. But he didn't stop there. He delivered the equivalent of the Jew of Venice's speech, hath not a Jew eyes and so forth. And he says this about black people, that their hearts beat as ours do. When he lived in New Orleans, he saw black people doing all the same things white people do. And at some level, he knew that. He knew that, but he couldn't fully acknowledge that he knew that. He had to live with that knowledge and yet put it to the side. Because the year or so after he makes this stirring argument, which by the way, won. Um, he not only, he buys a plantation, which Jews didn't do. He buys a big plantation, which makes him the largest Jewish slave owner in America, so far as I can tell by a factor of about three, he had 140 slaves. And it's a sugar plantation, which is like a killing machine. The slaves were terrified if they were sold to Louisiana because they thought I'll, I'll be dead in no time flat. Probably meant he went to the slave pens in New Orleans and bought slaves, which in turn meant he was ripping young men out of the out of the arms of their mothers. I mean, unspeakable things that would have been completely normal for him. And so uh, you understand how profoundly perverting, corrupting, intellectually and morally slavery was, because you could not allow yourself to know what in fact you knew. 